0: Welcome to the Hell Project podcast. This is where I share all of the results of the research and reading that I've done on the doctrine of hell over the last few years. Uh, I defend the view that uh, without Jesus we are all dead. Uh, This is the view called conditionalism and I believe there's better news in it than the traditional understanding of hell. And I try to defend that here. The audio quality may not be that high as it's taken off my YouTube channel and unfortunately some of the streams do have technical glitches, but I hope that you stick with it and uh, do let me know what you think. Share, uh, get involved through Twitter or even comment on my YouTube channel. I look forward to hearing back from you. Enjoy the show. Do have joined us. Um, My name is Phil Duncarve and I've been setting up this project called The Hell Project uh, basically to discuss what hell is, um, what the Bible says about it. Um, I believe the Bible is our authority and so I make quite a few assumptions based on that. If you want to look at the biblical authority and why we trust it, I'd suggest michael jones's channel he's got loads of stuff about uh, the bible and uh, why we can trust it and why christianity is good news as well as a trustworthy worldview. and so um, highly recommend his channel it, it's such a pleasure to have you on this channel michael um, and we're just going to talk about what you're doing with inspiring philosophy um, and your video particularly which was the the one where you you ask the question, does God send people to hell? Um, mm-hmm. But ultimately, just uh, this is the first time we've met. This is uh, the first <laughs> conversation we've had, so I'd love to hear a little bit about you. Um, so, um, what what's your story, first of all? How how did you get started uh, with videos and uh, inspiring
1: philosophy? Well, I, I mainly got started with the videos because there was a lot of. Atheist, atheist videos, like videos on YouTube. I'm sure you're aware. aware. It was it's, it's like their it's like their, it's like their, their territory almost at this point. point. Yeah, yep. And I was, I was like, like there's not, not a lot of good Christian, Christian responses. responses. I'll, I'll about do about thirteen or fourteen, or 14 videos, videos, and that should, that should help. help. And, and then I'll call it quits. Right. And, and then, then I, did, I did a couple. I did those, and then people asked me to do some more. So I did some more, and then it just kept snowballing, and that's how I got started. So, so I mean it kind, it kind of, just, of just it, it took, took off, off on its own, own, own I guess you could say.
0: Nice. And so with with that what's your vision now? So when 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 was that where you started? How long have you been doing this?
1: I've been, I've been doing, doing it, it for, for Uh, so, so I've so got seven years, years now. So I, so I started in 2011, uh, with a video on the Trinity, Trinity which I then, then redid. Right. So, so I started, I started there. there. So it's been about 11, about seven years now. And I, and I finally started on full an easy time. topic. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah the easy <laughs> <stuff>. <laughs> the Trinity. That's, the, that's, the, that's why, that's why, you why you I had to redo the video, video because like, I said some heretical things in there that I needed to change.
0: Right. Oh, yeah. That's the joys of being online. And, uh, I'm sure I, I'm in danger of, saying some heretical things and we'll have to change some videos having just started out on this channel myself Um, but that's that's why we're here that's why we're discussing
1: it everyone's Everyone's saying there's there's, we're we're getting a bad echo from me somehow in the the chat chat. from you Uh, they say there's there's a reverb reverb.
0: right hold on Uh, so i
1: might
0: oh that's turned you right down let me turn noob right um, cool. So uh, hopefully you understood enough <laughs> of what we were saying. Um, so you're doing it for seven years, and then you've now started doing debates and things, haven't you?
1: Oh yeah, I might be debating Matt Dale Hunting in January. Okay. I'm still trying to debate Michael Shermer. Oh yeah, uh, but I saw that, about that. Still hasn't been set up. I don't even know if it is going to be set up because I still I keep bothering them, and I never hear anything back. Right. So I don't know what's going on with that.
0: Okay, cool. Uh, and so that's it. in terms of like your ministry and you're doing this full-time, how much are you waiting towards debating, preparing for debates? How much videos? Or is it just whatever comes up first?
1: Well, videos are primary. Uh, that's what people are donating for. Okay. That's what I need to focus on mostly. The debates are second. That's why I don't do that many debates. Right. So sometimes I'm scheduling stuff out now to like May. You, luckily, was able to schedule just in time before, like, the truckload of different things came up. But now people are asking me to do hangouts and and debates, and I'm scheduling back to May now. Right. Because I don't want to do too many debates because I'll get bogged down. I won't be able to do videos because I want to spend a lot of time preparing for those. So, you know, I'm basically, uh, you know... (laughs) <laughs> kind of doing as minimal amount of debates as I can, but I still like doing them, so I yeah. keep
0: doing. Them. I, I enjoyed the 20 years from uh, what was it, Aaron Raw? That's uh, <laughs> that's that's meme quality right there. I, I did enjoy that one. Um, that,
1: that's one of the things you just kind of let fly out, and you're like, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, going. I like it. <laughs> um, nice, no, it's, it's great, it's good stuff. Uh, so I really enjoy all that. Um, obviously, we're we're here talk about your your video on hell now there might be some people who haven't seen it but also just in terms of people watching this uh later on if you are asked does god send people to hell how and you've got like an elevator conversation so only a few minutes to to talk about it um how would you explain it or summarize that video
1: right i mean i would i could summarize it basically up in like a c.s lewis quote just just to Clarify. I mean, I don't really talk a lot about ontology of hell. I talk more about the psychology of hell. I don't. I'm very agnostic on ontology and stages and all that type of stuff. That okay. After, and a lot of people don't don't seem to miss that point. So I want to clarify that. Okay. But if I had like an elevator pitch to give somebody on hell, it would be like, God doesn't send people to hell. Hell is a freely chosen identity built on something else besides God, uh, and so. And I quote C.S. Lewis, in the long run, those who reject the doctrine of hell, it is itself a question. What are you asking God to do? To wipe out past sins and give them a fresh start? Well, he did, on Calvary. To forgive them, they don't want to be forgiven. To leave them alone, that's what hell is. There are only two kinds of people in the end. Those who say to God, thy will be done. And those to whom God says in the end, thy will be done. All that are in hell choose it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And. I can never remember which book that's from. I mean, it, there's there's similar tones. It's a,
1: it's a mix. Yeah, it's a
0: mix of a couple. Yeah, and it, there's that similar tone from The Great Divorce, and um, yeah, so I, I've um, come across that kind of line of thinking quite a lot, and and actually that's quite an evangelical Christian standard discussion about hell. Someone asked, how does a loving God send people to hell? we go to C.S. Lewis and I've read quite a few books like that um Mm -hmm. just in terms of your video you started straight off with Luke 16 right Um, and you said so if I'm getting you correctly so you're pretty you're saying you're pretty agnostic about the difference between Hades and Gehenna is that
1: yeah I actually get a kind of when people it's mainly theology nerds that bring it up to be fair but i mean like when i talk about hell i don't define hell especially in that video i do not define it as like this difference from hades i'm defining hell generally as just separation from god okay and i thought that was clear because at one point in the video i say i I think i'm quoting peter kraft and i say that the damned will say they've always been in hell whereas we would say we've always been in heaven because heaven is not just a place, it's unity with God, it's being with God. So I would say I'm in heaven now, and someone who is rejecting God is in hell now. So I'm not defining hell when people talk about Sheol, Hades, Tartarus, hell. I'm using it as basically a catch all phrase as the average person would understand it just separation from God, especially in the afterlife. In that video, I do not, I mean, when I talk about hell, I'm not referring to some sort of difference from Hades right. because. The video is mainly for non-believers. Yeah. And non-believers don't care about those distinctions. So when theology nerds get on me for saying, well, actually, there's a difference. I'm, you're not, we're, we're on different pages.
0: Okay. So on with that, do you think there's a danger when, when you're making videos for non-Christians that they will assume, uh, in Dante's Inferno, for example, uh, images of torture, the sort of videos that are very culturally around hell like do you do you feel there's a danger in christians not being accurate if we we don't use the terminology that is in the bible
1: well the question of course is what do you mean by that? i'm a little could you clarify a little bit more and also they, someone in the chat said can you turn my audio up
0: a uh yeah, yeah yeah so i think that was when i was feeling about is that better hopefully that's better Sure,
1: probably it's better, but yeah. yeah. Could you clarify we'll, a little bit more about your question,
0: though? So, so what? Where I'm coming from is, I would probably have held a very similar view to you, partly because I'm a Tim Keller geek um, and really enjoy his books, uh, and I think there's there's quite a few themes both that he shares with C.S. Lewis, but also share with your uh, with your video, and so my tr- I, I'd say I, I've moved from that view to a desire to be accurate with what the biblical language says so in terms of um i I don't know greek i don't know hebrew i don't know aramaic I'm, i'm very much reliant on um people to translate for me but when there's a very interesting difference between the background of something like hades and the background of gehenna they do seem to me to be very different locations, different places, different images. Mm-hmm. And so when you're talking to a non-Christian and you just use the the hell as a catch-all, do you think there's a, a danger in, in not being accurate enough and presenting what well,
1: well, the biblical language No. No, let me tell you why, very simply. It's because I'm not talking about the ontology of hell, I'm talking about the psychology of hell. The whole video is on the psychology of hell, not the ontology of hell, and that's a—that's what I think some people are misunderstanding with it. Is that what I'm trying to explain is what? Why is God just not saving everyone? I'm talking about. I'm not talking about what God is going to do because I'm I'm quite agnostic on that. View. I'm talking about what we do to ourselves, and so I think a lot of the language with regards to the afterlife. Is like trying to explain tennis to an ant. That's what God is doing. He's trying to, the afterlife <laughs> is probably 10 times more complex than what we ha- are aware of. And so when people go through and they say, well, first, of all, this is going to happen, and then that's going to happen. I mean, you might be right. I don't care. Mm. What I think the main point of what the Bible is getting at is trying to explain you're going to destroy yourself through your own sin, and that's going to create hell. As I'm defining it, so the video okay. is about the psychology of hell because it's more of a warning.
0: Yeah. yeah. So,
1: we could get into the whole nerdy differences there, but I mean that's never really been my focus. I don't care about that. When mm. I'm talking about hell, it's me. Mean, it means you are separating yourself from God. You're setting yourself up as your own lord and master, and that's going to create a an eternal fire inside of you that will disintegrate you until you're nothing. Okay. If that eventually leads to annihilationism, if that event, if that never eventually, if that, if that's eternal torment. I've, again, I'm agnostic about both of those positions. I don't really care. and i I thought my video was kind of compatible with with both. i yeah. I do say forever sometimes in the video, but I mean, I wasn't I, I didn't think I was sort of just passing over briefly because I was really trying to focus more on the psychology. okay. And you know, in, to be fair, I mean the word in the, on the Old Testament for forever, olam is also used to not actually mean literally forever. so. I'm in good company
0: with that. Then. Yeah, yeah, I think that there is a debate over forever. I generally don't debate words like that because Mike, as I said my experience of Greek and and everything is a little bit limited. What I do try and do is stick to biblical language though, um where it's a little bit more plain. And it, do you not think though if if we've got a difference rather than leaving it um broad so I mean, I I personally read may well have read into your video the view of eternal torment um i think that's because of the language of um this, like disintegration because c.s lewis although he might not use eternal torment he kind of says you'll gradually disappear or become smaller and smaller um, yeah and that
1: i when i actually read c.s lewis i thought he may have even been an eventual annihilationist that maybe hell is god sort of like exiles people and then they slowly disintegrate into nothing and i again so agnostic about that, I don't right. care. I, right. And I think, it's funny to me, is that it's the theology nerds that were reading that into the video, I keep hearing mm. from. But when, I, when non-believers talk to me about my video on hell, they seem to understand it just fine. Yeah. And that I, should I was, tell you who the video is really aiming to try to talk to.
0: Yeah, I think, I think I'm just wary of being caught, I mean, I, I am a theology nerd, I guess, but in that I'm a practical theology nerd in that my theology must lead me to love God more to love my neighbor more and as mm. i learn about god i need that's that's the outcome is that my digging into the bible must not be just for up my, my head knowledge but for understanding who god is his character his love uh, and also his judgment and justice and so what i find interesting about being agnostic about the two is it raises the question of well what is god just in terms of eternal torment and it might be it might be a debate where you you i mean people are clearly responding to your video so i don't i don't want to um knock that people are coming to christ people through your channel um but I've, what i found a little bit confusing i guess I'll, I'll just be be honest with the two is you've internalized consuming fire and so there's the Uh, your language was very much as you reject god that will start setting a fire in your soul that will gradually consume you and maybe disintegrate you so if we're eventually disintegrated i guess we would no longer exist in that way but then you pulled in the orthodox you quoted a large fairly large section of orthodox view which was Mm -hmm. very much god's love is the consuming fire and it will be experienced by a sinner uh, as as um, destruction uh, and it'll be experienced by the righteous as love. Um, so I was just wanted do you see a little bit of a, an issue with that because I, I find those two views not necessarily as compatible
1: at least with the I phrase consuming fire. I don't see why because it's really about how the person is responding to God in itself. Like it's more psychological. It's the person is creating a fire in themselves by setting themselves up their own master. And then when God tries to love them, they interpret that in horrible ways because God is threatening their kingdom, their own lordship. And so that could be disintegrating as well. I mean, I, I don't really see that as much. I don't I don't see whether it be tension there because it still is how it's affecting the person internally.
0: OK, right. I got you. Got you there. So uh, the uh, maybe it's a question of emphasis, I guess so where we go i I probably wouldn't now argue or at least make it the priority that we send ourselves to hell partly because of the old testament Um, and there is an active judgment of god throughout the old testament and then the language of that jesus uses so gehenna references back to the old testament and i think if we set up it's ourselves sending ourselves to hell. It no longer becomes God's judgment, but almost like a judgment on on ourselves.
1: Well it... kind of, but let's let's dive into that a little bit. So let's ask for the simple question. It's like so what are the wages of sin? Death. Yeah, exactly. It's not eternal torment. Yeah. So God punishes in certain ways, but he doesn't have to, you know, keep torturing people. I never would never say that. The way God tends to execute judgment, and it's not, there are other circumstances, especially for believers, but, because, you know, he's also trying to do more with believers, but the way God tends to, you know, execute judgment is through death, physical death, and exile. And I'm saying that's all hell is. Okay. These people have rejected God. Uh, they die from their sin, obviously, and they don't want to be in his presence. God exiles them. Same thing he did to Adam and Eve. Exiled them from his presence because they wanted to be their own lords so their own masters in the garden so they're exiled my argument is that simply is what hell is is that God has sort of just exiled these people and then they slowly disintegrate now God I, I, I believe is always is omnipresent he is still there he wants people to return to him but those people interpret these sort of loving requests these sort of loving uh, urges as painful as, as hurtful and so you know 2 Thessalonians one nine, you know, they will suffer the punishment of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might. Yeah. So it, it it sounds almost like and again, there's interpretation there, I agree. But it's almost like it sounds almost like exile. They're being sent away. They're being mm. exiled away. Could it be event could it be annihilationism? Sure. Could it be eternal uh, separation? Sure. I but I, I think it's more about the psychological implications of what's happening there.
0: That's really interesting. So in some ways you, you there's a lot of agreement here which i find fascinating so well, here
1: well let me just interject with this thing yeah, yeah when i first uploaded the video some annihilationist started messaging me on facebook he's like you're wrong you're wrong you're wrong And I, and i talked to him i was like okay calm down here's what i said here's what i actually said mm. and again i'm not against annihilationism right. and by the end of the conversation he said now that I realize you're talking about the psychology of hell and not the ontology of hell, I am in complete agreement with your video. Because what? it was it was just a it was it was just a category error. He thought I was talking about what God was going to do, and I'm talking more about what people are going to do to themselves.
0: Okay. So, would you ever if someone
1: do you think there's
0: an active part of God's judgment? so if you're okay so if you're teaching and hell to a church audience per se you you might show both angles that god actively judges that could be death and then
1: yeah i mean god is actively i mean i use the analogy of course of like adam and eve i mean god judged them Mm -hmm. but they had already decided what they wanted they wanted they wanted to be their own lords their own masters and to set themselves up as a the satellite center of wisdom god was based and so you know it's like as paul says in thessalonians god gives people the desires of their hearts uh he's going to give them what they already wanted so yeah god is judging them because he's ultimately the one in control but it's also he's judging them based on what they have already decided upon so i don't see it as incompatible at all i just don't think we need. I think we need to drop the traditional understanding that there are people in hell climbing up the sides going, no, 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 let me out, let me out. That's not what hell is. Hell is the place where the people who hate God go. Everyone in hell right now, as I, defi- as I mean hell, Hades, mm. I guess you would define it as, mm. is still shaking their fist at God saying this is his fault. Right. And my point is, no, it's not. And that's what hell is.
0: Okay. So, okay, so in terms of... Uh, maybe it's an audience thing maybe your video wasn't intended for me i I find it interesting because it has
1: (laughs) (laughs) it was intended for the non-christian and again i hear from them all the time they're saying that was the best explanation of hell i ever heard yeah that's who it's geared to i'm not talking about the ontological difference between hades and hell i'm talking about the psychology of hell and what that means
0: cool all right so if we then go on to let's maybe move on from your video because uh I'll, I'll be quite interesting just in terms of luck of of what you've read then around around this topic a little bit in the sense of um, so I, how much of of Gehenna Hades stuff have you looked into in terms of where where you sit? I mean, you're clearly agnostic. Uh,
1: I'm just, yeah, just I have not looked a lot into it because I don't care, and I, I did look in, a lot into it years ago. And I ended up treating it the same way I treat end times prophecies. Right. None of you know what you're talking about. You're all throwing so much interpretation to this <laughs> and I'm just sick and tired of it. It's not doing anyone any good. That's
0: really interesting. And so like yeah. I'll know, probably have a similar view I... for Genesis one
1: <laughs> for, yeah. for me. Here's how I kinda go about it is that everybody every Jew during when Jesus was born knew exactly who the Messiah was. They knew they knew how he was gonna come, how he was gonna show up. And they were all wrong. No one predicted the resurrection. No one predicted the Messiah to play out actually how it did. I think that's basically what's going to happen at the end times, and I think that's what the afterlife is going to be like in an analogous fashion. We have no clue. We're getting very few hints, but what we do know the most about it is what's important, and it's, it's our own psychology. It's about our own sin. This is going to destroy you. It's going to burn. It's going to create a hell inside of you if you don't do something. Bible, basic instruction before leaving earth. I don't think we know a lot about the ontology of the afterlife for the same reason it's impossible to explain tennis to an ant. We right. know vague hints about it. But ultimately what's most important is knowing that what sin does to us, why we need Jesus, and knowing what hell will do to us psychologically and how we are sort of creating our own hells. So, in terms of Gehenna, Hades, Shield differences, I got vague theories. But if you're going to ask me, I'm going to be like, maybe, maybe. I, I, don't know. I've not looked too much into it because I don't think it's that important, especially for what I do on my channel.
0: Right? Okay. Uh, so that that's completely changed how I've I've probably prepared for this talk because it. <laughs> I, I guess into uh, this this chat, and which is nice. Uh, I I think that's quite interesting. Um, with the where I'm at as I said I've kind of shifted from being a bit be explaining hell in that way but then again I am mostly in terms of outside of YouTube I am mostly talking to a Christian audience I help lead a, a local church and and so my digging into scripture is, has transformed my view of God's character in the sense of no longer holding to an, an eternal torment view Um because of the questions, uh, uh, have you interacted with non-Christians who, who uh, I haven't looked at all the comments in your YouTube video uh, for some reason, <laughs> I think I've got better time, but have, have any of your questions been about well, what about God sending me to eternal torture? Like, how, how would you, from an apologetic angle, respond to that?
1: I would say that God does not send you to eternal torture, God is love. So God is always going to try to give his love to us, so to speak. He's always trying to love us, make us better than what we are. And if we are in a fallen nature, excuse me, if we have a fallen nature, sometimes that's not going to come across in the way we would think it is. So the eternal torture that would if, – if hell is eternal torture – that's something the person is doing to themselves it, by re- constantly rejecting God's love and constantly trying to set themselves up as their own lord and their own master. It's not It's not like God is throwing lightning bolts down in hell to keep the fire going. Mm. It's something that these people are doing. So I think C.S. Lewis' depiction of the gray town is, is more spot on. It's people that are miserable. They hate it, but they don't want to go up to heaven where – because up there yeah. they'd have to submit to someone and not – they couldn't do the things the way they want. And so I think it's more – what the Bible is trying to get at is a more of a psychological state than anything else.
0: Okay. So I think in terms of my, my apologetic response, so we, we have the alpha course. Has alpha made it to the States? Do you do alpha, alpha courses? What? Alpha courses. They're like, it uh, in, no, it's like an introduction to Christianity. You do a few few courses and um, Christianity one hundred and one type thing. Uh, I don't you. think so. Okay. Um, so, in, if I was answering that question and someone comes up to me and says well, God doesn't torture I'm now convinced that he doesn't torture because of biblical verses so instead of going down the C.S. Lewis route I'd quote John three sixteen 16 uh, because I, f- I find just the word perish in itself is language that people outside of the church speak and actually in terms of th- theology nerds it's Christians that have to reinterpret perish through a filter to make it mean eternal torment, um, or at least eternal conscious torment. Uh, and so, um, I guess just talking apologetics, my my defence would be more John three sixteen or what you quoted earlier, Romans six twenty three, the wages of sin is death. Um, and and I just feel like the so the gospel really is life or death christ took our death so in terms of atonement my my shiftings made more sense so one of the questions i always had uh, growing up was how does jesus on the cross take eternal torment uh, the momentary instant and you, you generally get well jesus is infinite in humanity and therefore he can take an infinite sin yeah in, i don't say that but keep going <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, so i, I would agree with you here so, yeah, yeah so it's it's already interesting so i i would i guess what i was coming into this conversation because I, <laughs> I, I i kind of i wouldn't go to c.s lewis now just because i find the bible clear in and of itself that it has language that I can use the language of jesus that says the warning very clearly in in matthew uh, three you've got a note here where it's talking about you've got those that aren't in the vine are cut and thrown into the fire mm-hmm. and, and so it, it's quite a vivid image in and of itself um but i well, wouldn't yeah so
1: sorry let me let me say three things about that so one uh i C.S. Lewis is commenting on biblical theology. He's just trying to teach it, and I think he's very good at articulating to this generation. That's right. why I go there. That's why I'm, I'm using him. I'm not. I'm not saying he is above scripture. I'm saying he presents biblical theology in a very good way. That's good for this generation. That's articulated to this generation. So I'm going to, you know, use some of that to help out. The second thing when talking about Jesus on the cross, I don't think he's taking infinite. As you mentioned, the infinite eternal sin on mm. because the wages of sin is death. Jesus didn't have to. So Jesus basically took this, you know, the death on the cross. He took the sin regarding that. And the Bible never says the wages of sin is eternal punishment in hell. Yeah, yeah. So you know, again, hell is for me it's exile. Uh, it's exile away from the presence of God. And and third and finally, I mean, like one of the things that. Kind of reason why I don't go into ontology of hell is because I have read like Jerry Walls, Dallas Willard talk about verses like this, and they give their own explanations on why it's eternal torment. Mm. All of them sound pretty good to me. Um, Still not convinced either way. I think annihilationists make good arguments, especially if it's more like eventual annihilationism, Um, like something more in line with kind of what I thought theism was implying. Mm. But Jesus was, of course, a rabbi of his day, and he speaks in a lot of hyperbolic, metaphorical language. I mean, he taught in parables, for Christ's sake, no pun intended. Uh, And so we're not going to get a full picture, and so there's going to be a lot of interpretation that has to go into a lot of those passages. What we don't have to worry about interpretation is the nature of sin, the nature of sin creating a hell in each and every one of us. That's pretty clearly presented in the Gospels. And so that's why I just tend to focus on that, and that's why I'm also agnostic about the ontol- ontological aspects of it all. Because you very well could be right, mm. but I mean, like, what's what's really important? What's really important is getting people to realize what their sin is going to do to them and why they need Jesus. So that's what I focus on.
0: Sounds good, and that's why you've got an Apologetics channel, which is doing very well. So
1: Yeah, thank you. <laughs>
0: uh just in in terms of that and and as you are a full time ministry now um just want to recommend that people do sign up to your patreon. I think I've got it in the link in the description if I haven't yet, I will add it in after the the live I think uh you're doing a fantastic yeah. job um so in terms of my conversation with you, there is a lot of agreement i I'm not gonna I'm not here as I said in our private message I'm not here to bombard you with information to say come to my view that's not not the point um but i quite like that we're kind we're
1: in more agreement than i initially it anticipated so yeah i mean people get kind of mad because they they think like i'm taking a very specific view on the ontology or hell or the stages mm-hmm. of hell and i really i'm really not trying to i yeah. don't know why people keep yeah. and again it's, it's it's funny it's only the theology nerds that make yeah. that the the young believers the the non Christians. They, you know, they they, they understand it. the video just fine. It's it's kind of ironic. It means it's working.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I, and as I said, the comments are. I was looking at a few of them. They are. Oh, this is explained so much to me, and, and the explanatory power of that is there. So, are you happy to take a few questions? We, I've, I've not really looked at the chat because I keep yeah. looking away. And if we've got some yeah. in the, um, let's see, we'll see what we've got. Uh, I'll scroll back up. Um. Sounds good, sounds good. Yeah, whole channel on hell. I guess that's for me, Roland Burchett. Um, yeah, it, it has made... So there's been a few paradigm shifts in my faith. One of them is around Genesis 1. Uh, and really reading John Walton's uh, The Lost World of Genesis 1 basically transformed my understanding of that scripture. Not in the same way as reading about hell has for me. Um, it just meant that I no longer argue about evolution versus uh, young earth. I kind of the same attitude as what Michael was sharing about the, the ontology of hell. I I just don't find it an interesting conversation anymore, and that's not necessary. I,
1: I also don't find it pragmatic. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's, it's... It's like, what are we doing? Are we really in a way – I mean I was just at – I was actually just at ETS. It's Evangelical Theological Seminary Conference. Yeah. And J.P. Morland gave a really interesting talk on how philosophers can help scholars and theologians. And he kind of – I disagree with some of the things he said, but he kind of made a pretty good point on that. Some theologians have gotten so into their own nerdy subject. They have kind of lost touch with what people on the street need or or Mm are looking for or asking questions. And I completely agree with him on that. I, th- yeah. I think a lot of theologians have sort of done that. And unfortunately, it's, it's missing the point. Yeah. And so, you know, when it comes to like, well, what do you mean between the difference between Hades and hell? I'm like, that's not what people, where I'm at on the front, you know, yeah. you, where, yeah, you know yeah. on my channel, on the front lines, are really caring about. So I don't yeah. get into that kind of stuff.
0: So but, I think for me, this the second paradigm shift is this. So I, I have been a Christian... I uh, grew up Christian. Uh, I'm actually a missionary kid. My dad was out in Papua New Guinea. And so I've grown up, and I, I guess I have become a theology nerd. But I was always wrestling with what eternal punishment was because I grew up with it being this eternal conscious torment. And I, I know that there are a lot of Christians wrestling with that. And so I guess that's why my what my channel is for, is people who are wrestling with that and the character of God and then looking at how scripture frees us from that uh, that idea that God will torture us forever. But also my hope is that people engage with this, that I, I do know it's more of a, an American thing, at least, that hell is like the, the taboo subject of um, evangelical, evangel, I can't even say the word, evangelical churches. And so you just read Hell Under Fire if you if you ever get a chance to read that. That's the main defence of the traditional view of hell, and the way that they caricatured another Christian, John Stott, a fellow Brit, who I, who's evangelical, loves the Bible, comes to a different view like mine, and then he gets slated by the evangelical community. So my my channel is really to try and open up that conversation. Um, Talk about how I look at scripture, find that we agree in more places than we disagree, and um, and and that's really why I've started this channel. So, if that interests you, subscribe. If not, I'm not going into full-time ministry on this channel. So I don't. I'm I'm quite happy if people uh, join me or not. Um, but also, just um, I, I think this channel might have a shelf life. I'm just kind of seeing where it takes me and and go from there i thought
1: the same thing it didn't happen
0: <laughs> yeah, we'll see what happens i do find, I've, I've been called a heretic already uh oh here, i've so, been called a heretic yeah, so... least, if i'm
1: not called a heretic or oh, once a week i'm not doing my job properly <laughs> yeah that's this
0: that's fair yeah i mean those those genesis videos you're putting out they are pretty heretical You've got people... oh there's so much heresy. <laughs> so much heresy yeah that's good um right let's let's have a look at some of these questions um uh it seems to me that the issue here is human philosophy of what hell is going to be like instead of relevance on scripture M- maybe hi jd um uh what's the what's the question he says it seems to me that the issue here is that this is mainly human philosophy of what hell is going to be like instead
1: of relevance on scripture um, um and i would say the bible contains philosophy it Speaks philosophical truths. It's not one or the other. Sure, there are passages that might refer to the ontological, uh, on the ontology of what's going to happen, like different stages. But the Bible's main message is: your sin is destroying you. You need Jesus. How is that would that be incompatible with philosophy? That's a very strong philosophical claim.
0: Yeah, uh, uh, I've found it. The word philosophy is like a dirty word to some. And I'm not sure if it is I to know. JD. Um, I, I'm not okay. quite sure how to respond to that. Yeah, there's some philosophy around it. Um, but there is actually a scriptural question there. Um, there was, uh, where did it say? There was something about the comment on immortality. And, and actually, yeah, maybe we have a little conversation about that. Someone's also speaking in script i can't read other languages i'm afraid jordan Muraki, if you can get that into english <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah so immortality you quite so the the one thing i pr- probably disagrees quite strongly or the most about with regards to talking about um around this topic is the e- eternal aspect of human nature so i guess it's talking a little bit ontology or maybe it's biblical anthropology i'm not quite sure but the, the there is uh, john piper said it tim keller said it c.s lewis said it is that everyone will either live forever in heaven or live forever in hell and i think that's why i read just looking back at your video i think that's why i read an eternal torment aspect into your position um what are your thoughts do you, do you think we need to be accurate on that is that a dangerous position to start off with. No,
1: I mean, it's entirely possible the damned won't live forever. I don't think it's it's necessary. Uh, if, if it is the case, I, I tend to be more of like an eventual annihilationist. And again, anything about this is entering realm of speculation, but my, my I would say it might be that God at judgment ex, you know, exiles everyone, and then they have to annihilate themselves. He's not going to do it.
0: They That's have to figure out how
1: to do it without him. Because... God is love. He doesn't want to do that. And I, I, I like the analogy of like if you saw someone who was addicted, if you had a loved one who was addicted to a drug, you would not be like, well, don't worry. I'm going to shoot you in the head. Everything be better. <laughs> You'd I mean, be like, look, I love you. I don't want you to live this way. But if you're going to, you have to just stay away from my kids and my wife. You can't be around us anymore. Go out and figure things out on your own. And I think maybe that's, that's, that's what God that's does. And there maybe there is also a process available that they annihilate themselves, but they have to be the ones diving into it. It's not God picking them up and chucking them into, like, this fire that annihilate. I think it's more that, th- that God doesn't want any to perish. Yeah. And so the ones that are perishing are the ones who are perishing themselves. Okay. So, I mean, again, speculative. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, in terms of the speculation, I think I, I would give a bit of pushback on that. Just, just in terms of the verses that uh, deal with, so you've got Revelation 20 where they're thrown into the... The lake of fire i mean, i i know it, there's the symbolism revelation is is very we need to be careful of going one verse yeah. in <laughs> but there is yeah. there is that language of being thrown that also jesus uses in his parables there's the the
1: judge there's yeah the... and i think that would fit with my view too because maybe because it's sort of like god does actually exile them away from his presence but that might not be like the annihilation point it could be that maybe that he they're exiled and there's a process by which they can but they have to do it themselves but again this is also so, this is it. kind of like going down this road yeah. it's also speculative yeah, yeah. it's also much like what does this one greek word mean let's see how it's used in plutarch just so we get I a mean, <laughs> like let's let's just step back and look at hmm. what the what we do agree on right. sin is bad it's destroying us we need christ Otherwise, something very bad is going to happen to those who don't take that path. And
0: God won't torture people forever. It's kind, no. It's kind, it's kind of the apologetic angle that I'd be leaning towards. And, and I am very aware that... So I, I guess as well where I'm at is I just want to be clear to people that I'm not speaking of the hell that they've already conjured up in their minds. Um, so when you mention hell to a non-Christian they've got all the cultural resources to figure out a kind of hell and if you've watched Little Nicky for example that that's potentially what someone's thinking and and so as Christians we do need to be accurate in how we present the gospel and I would say some are in danger of making hell too much a feature of their gospel presentation and if you look in Acts hell doesn't feature in the gospel presentations it Destruction does, yeah. um, and they say they've killed the author of life in Acts 3, and, and so it's not that I want to make hell the main feature of this presentation, uh, of my gospel presentation, but it's the, the access to uh, clear language that the Bible uses, that I'm more likely to use in my presentation, so that the cultural influences are held at bay um so my language is very much yeah your your sin will kill you i, I think that's a, a good way of of putting it uh your sin will destroy you your sin will remove you from god's presence your sin uh when you so i guess just to clarify my view the reason i held to uh pointed to that orthodox statement that you had is that god's presence is both fire to some love to others I think that's very much my view, is that as a sinner tries to approach a holy God without Christ, they will be consumed by him. And you see evidence of what consumed means from the Old Testament. Um, and so I guess where my disagreement is, I'm not sure it's as speculative, but I do agree when speaking to non-Christians, you probably don't need to go into as much detail as some
1: do. Um, yeah. I don't yeah. I don't make the big point of it I mean that's why I think I would make a point about the psychology of sin that creates yeah. the hell but I mean I don't think someone needs to be standing on a corner with a big giant poster of a flame saying you will burn if you don't accept Jesus because that's not going to get us anywhere yeah yeah
0: uh, so uh just having a look to see if there's anything
1: oh man there's some there's some holographic principle do you know what that is how yes how does hell fit, that that relates to other videos i've done arguing for the holographic principle all right okay. uh, that you know the universe space-time is emergent from underlying quantum information processing namely the wave function the mathematics you know so <laughs> how would hell relate to that so uh, it's not like hell is necessarily a place because outside of space-time there is no space hell is a state of mind we could speak of it as a place the people are at, but really it's the making of their own mind of where they are. So upon the the death of the body, if the soul is not united with Jesus or with God, uh, they will just simply disintegrate themselves in their own hell and their own making as they psychologically would, as they psychologically are doing now. Uh, so it, that's how it would kind of relate to it it doesn't mean like when you die you have to move through a plane of existence to this pit which you're gonna get dropped into because outside of space time there really is no space per se i'll nod like i followed that so that
0: I, to, to, to me that that's that you're, you're calling some theological nerds i'd just call that plain geeky <laughs> oh
1: yeah it's very geeky
0: yeah it's very geeky all right um so one question from Daniel Roger isn't God is love an exegetical black hole you can almost say make it why mean anything you want uh if Daniel's online and he can clarify that in a minute um seeing, there's
1: a question what is spirit What is spirit? Um, It depends on how we define each of those terms. See, these are all, when people say spirit, soul, they're very colloquial. They could mean different things. Um, Spirit is used, Paul even uses spirit in the New Testament to mean different things. Sometimes it refers to like spiritual gifts, spiritual talents, these types of things. It rarely is, I think, is actually used of any sort of like actual like essence. It's more has to do with like people's maybe personality um more about being enlightened is how he kind of uses the new testament if i re- if i recall what mike mm-hmm. lacona said about it so it's more about being kind of in like an enlightened state now is there like a spirit yeah i i would say there is a soul which is what we have which is like your soul is your personality your thoughts desires your dreams and that is obviously something that you build up over time like your soul will be different tomorrow or your soul will evolve tomorrow then behind that you could say there is a spirit some sort of conscious agent namely your mind or so uh that the soul is contingent upon so the soul is the information that makes you you and you could say the spirit is the conscious self-aware substance namely you know you again those terms are defined differently depending on who you're talking to that's how i would probably define them i guess
0: so I would say, in answer to questions like spirit, that is, if, if we're going theological black holes, that's probably one of them. Um, I think you can say God is spirit in the sense of not being material. Um, but I would... I'm fairly on the fence with regarding physicalism, dualism. Do we have a spirit? Do we have a soul? Or are we a soul? Um, so I, I think you can wrestle with that one I'm not sure there's enough data I don't think there's people that would disagree with that um but your understanding of hell doesn't rely on your how we're made up as human humanity I I don't think um
1: no and to address an objection in chat I'm not saying that our final destiny is non-physical I don't know I don't know where that came from obviously the resurrection is very important because in second Corinthians Paul talks about the physical being an essential part of us and as an, as an idealist, I would agree with that. Cool. Um,
0: I can't see too many... Oh, someone has said you have Alpha in the States. <laughs> you just haven't heard of it. I probably <laughs> haven't, no. So. Uh, that's fine. Um, so we've, we've been going for 50 minutes or so. I'm quite happy if people uh, yeah, I haven't got any I, other, I
1: would, other questions. I would just remind people when I'm talking in the video, I'm not trying to hold to any sort of specific position. So, as we know, the, the earlier this week, Rethinking Hell did a response to that video, and I spent a lot of time watching that, just kind of going, "It's not what I said." Oh, that's not what I said again. Uh, him, I mean, the video kind of starts out just defining hell completely different than how I was defining hell. So it, it just it goes down this rabbit hole of just like missing the whole point of the video because he defined hell differently and Chris is obviously a very smart guy he spent a lot of time studying this but didn't really get what I was trying to say there unfortunately I did note at one part I I stopped the video because I was like I think he's finally getting it it was like 37 minutes in because he's finally starting to realize like he's talking about psychological aspects regarding sin and I was like but then he goes right back to his ontological views regarding the afterlife and I was like oh well so I would just remind people when you read that, when you watch that video, it's about the psychology of hell. I'm not trying to take a specific view on ontology, as I've been trying to explain here. So, unfortunately, I just I, – I watched that video. I was like, come on, man. Mm. This is really not what I'm saying. Yeah. Like,
0: yeah, which is which is interesting. I think Chris's defense, I guess, uh, that's the kind of angle I was about to take in terms of this video. and And I guess – yeah, in terms of how we interact on YouTube, I just found it really interesting that we can talk past each other so easily. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I think I agree with a lot of what Chris has said in terms of the ontology of hell, though it was said in the context of disagreeing with what, what you
1: presented. Um, yeah. So I, I don't, mean, like, I, when I. Chris, is in the chat. Is... When I the basic thing is when I said hell, I'm not talking about the difference between Hades. I'm talking about it generally as just separation from God. And if you start off by thinking when I'm talking about hell, I'm talking about the fi- like after final judgment, we're not on the same page. And so unfortunately, it was just it was just missing the whole point of what I was trying to say. At and as I said, in this whole hangout, I'm not against annihilationism necessarily. Mm-hmm. I'm not really taking a view there.
0: Cool. Uh, I'm. I'm happy that that's come across. I think most people would be that. Um, so Daniel Rogers just clarified, uh, if you can see there, Michael used God's love as in a theological framework to justify his interpretation of hell. Um, just doesn't see. Do you want to say anything about that? Would you say? You've, can you say it
1: again? I kind of didn't. Sorry, it's in the chat.
0: Sorry, I was mumbling. I need to get used to being a better
1: interviewer. Yeah, I'm trying to listen to you and not just look at the chat the whole time. So yeah, I might be fair. missing
0: uh michael used god is love as a theological framework to justify his interpretation of hell um uh, it doesn't seem persuasive enough as it's um it can be um, god is love is also used by universalists to
1: justify yeah their, their view and and i would i would combat that by saying it's not really loving for god to sort of force people to go somewhere they don't even want to go, go. i mean Think of the old phrase, you know if you love someone, let them go. You don't force them to stay somewhere they don't want to be. Love is a little bit more complicated than I think universalism makes it out to be. I mean, I would like universalism to be true, but it's I think I'd say it's unlikely. Hmm. Uh, but and you know, if God is love, love is, is a little bit more complicated than this warm, fuzzy feeling that we tend to think of it. I mean you have to think of the Greek word agape and what that means. Uh, so no, I don't think that really changes anything because it's it's a little bit more complicated, especially if you think of how a parent loves a child. Sometimes they have to let their child make their own choices, even though they love them. They can't force them to be a certain way, force them to do certain things.
0: Cool, yeah, I I'm, I find that interesting. I've heard people say that they they would want universalism to be true. I'm my I'm out on that. I've I've found some. I find there's some very interesting Universalist arguments out there uh, specifically Robin Parry's in the Four Views of hell his his in that book is quite interesting but I probably would um, I, I think love me- needs justice uh, and that's at least I would say theres aspects of universalism that probably wouldn't wouldn't be just um, any more questions so
1: um... no nope. I mean I would just I would I would, I would just simply say that we, I think we need to get past the caricature versions of hell it's not this sort of Dante's Inferno type thing It's, uh, and I think that has been more damaging to our culture than anything else and people think that hell is like this pit where demons are poking people with page forks and everything and
0: absolutely yeah accurate yeah isn't it? and that's
1: just ridiculous nonsense it's much more complicated and i think it relates far more to do with our own psychological states what uh, what we're going through through a fallen nature and what price is trying to do when he saves us that's what's important yeah and that's what we need to focus on cool
0: uh, i really appreciate your time i uh, i think there's one more um, no, I, I I don't know if you want to respond to that last comment uh, what by is, Matt, Matt Nellen Yeah, it says.
1: Let me look here. Perhaps you don't realize that Chris Tate doesn't think hell ends at the point of annihilationism. Hell, I what do you? I need clarification. Perhaps you don't realize that Chris Tate doesn't think hell ends at the point of annihilationism.
0: I'm not, I'm misreading that as well Matt and Helen if you're
1: there uh feel free to do that I mean yeah. I don't I, it goes back to my same point I don't care about that mm. because again it's about I'm I don't I'm so agnostic on that stuff yes. I just wanted to explain to non-believers what hell is psychologically not what god is necessarily going to do do, because i'm very agnostic on that it's more about what we're doing to ourselves okay and that's what's most important so i mean sure maybe i be but again that that was never the aim of my video so why would why would we respond in that way i guess
0: cool i I think i think we're there uh people can obviously engage with you on your channel inspiring philosophy on your video um i think i've I'm, i'm quite happy there's more agreement here I really appreciate that. I really appreciate your time. Um, I think we could probably go down a theological discussion on books, but I can see that you're not really wanting that,
1: and and that's not really your purpose. Yeah, it's just not my thing. It's like if someone tried to discuss end times prophecy stuff with me, i treat it the same way. I don't know.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and I I get that, because when someone brings out Genesis 1 and let's debate that, I'm probably similar to you in that, and hold a very functional view of Genesis one, and that does cool with me. Let's talk about Christ and his resurrection and what he has done for us. Um, and so that's that's kind of it. I'm uh, happy to close it there. I guess. I just, yeah. Thank you for coming to a channel with 50 subscribers. I don't know if
1: that's gone up. <laughs> if if people well, want to know, subscribe, I... then that's great. I mean, I hope so. I hope more of my, my subscribers will come here and subscribe to these smaller channels because I want to see them build up more.
0: Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Uh, I really do. And uh, hopefully we'll interact a bit more online. And uh, as I said, I really enjoy your channel, enjoy your stuff, and uh, look forward to seeing you do more and more debates and more with classic lines like, I've been studying this for 20 years. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know. I've, I probably won't do any more videos on hell. Because I just did the one. Upcoming, i got some videos on ancient monotheism upcoming, and then some videos on regional flood archaeology and geology. So I'll be covering that soon.
0: Cool. I look forward to it. And uh, for everyone in the chat, thank you for joining us. Um, I I really appreciate your questions. Sorry if we missed any. And uh, feel free to comment on the video if you have any further questions. I'll interact with you there. And uh, thanks again. And you're going for it I'll let you finish no you're good cool alright cheers Michael nice to meet you and we'll yeah thank you for listening and I want to know what you think do get in touch as I said at the beginning of this podcast you can do that through uh, Twitter or my YouTube channel but I also have the scripts and free resources and other studies that I'm continuing to engage with at uh, thehellproject.online thank you so much for listening if you'd like to support the channel and uh, the show in any way please do go into the description of this episode and you can find a paypal link otherwise i do this all for free and i hope you found it helpful god bless you see you later